Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. I know uh, it's been a, <clears throat> been a busy weekend for a lot of you with all the things going on at the Illinois Amish Heritage Center and <clears throat> last weekend for the pumpkin patch and all kinds of things this weekend. So it's good to see all of you here uh, for worship this morning. And as I was singing, as we were singing those worship songs this morning, I was thinking about uh, we invited the Holy Spirit here to be among us. And that's a, that's a powerful thing to, for us to think about as we gather together as the body of Christ uh, for worship. Well, the title of uh, the message this morning is Majors from the Minors. And uh, so, you know, when, when coming up with a sermon title each week uh, or each Sunday, I like to sometimes get a little creative or I like to get your minds thinking about uh, what maybe is uh, the message going to be about, or where are we going with this? And uh, if you were hoping this morning for some dramatic story of a minor league baseball player finally making it to the major leagues uh, and so on, I'm sorry, that's not really what this is referencing this morning. Um, what it is referencing, which you saw a little bit there in the video, is the major proclamations... The important messages from God sent through the minor prophets. And those were of uh, warning. They gave, gave us words of warning. They gave us words of guidance. And also the restoration that we eventually will see. And, and that's a major theme in these uh, books. And so this morning we're going to talk about what did they mean. And then really what do they mean for us today. Because these were not just something... For the people of that time, they are for us today. And, you know, what does it mean for us today in, in our lives? That video that we watched was uh, from the Bible Project. Some of you have probably heard of their work before. Um, you can go on YouTube and find about anything you want to know, almost any book or any subject in the Bible, or a lot of them. And they have done a short five-minute video uh, to help you understand it better. So if you're looking for more of that, I encourage you to go on YouTube and look up the Bible Project. You can see all their other work there uh, that, they, that they have produced. But that's a helpful start for us this morning as we talk about some of these books in the Bible that I think, you know, a lot of them are, um, we, re we rarely read them, for one, uh, probably. And then another thing is, it's sometimes hard to pronounce even the names of these books of the Bible. And if I say, uh, if I say, take your Bibles and turn to the book of John, most of you can probably get there in seconds, right? Or a minute, you know, pretty quick, because you know where the book of John is in accordance with your Bible. But if I say, turn to the book of Amos, that might take us a little bit longer to, to find that place, unless you open to the contents or the front of your Bible and it tells you what page to turn to. Um, this week in some emails that I sent out and on some social media posts, I asked you to bring your printed Bible this morning. I don't know how many of you saw that message or got it, but I hope uh, if you did, uh, I hope you brought it this morning. And uh, I'd like to encourage you to start looking for the book of Amos, because that's where we're going to be at this morning. And uh, we're going to also look at some of the other minor prophets. And so it's just easier, you know, as you have your open Bible to be able to page back and forth and, and look at where it, where it all fits into the, uh, into the text of the Bible. 
Um, I want to say one more thing about that. <clears throat> um, I, like many of you, will use my smartphone to read the Bible. And I have nothing, uh, there's no problem with that. It's very convenient. It's kind of nice to have your Bible with you all the time. But here's what I want to say about that. If you have a time, and I hope you do, a time of devotion, a time of Bible reading where you are listening to God, where you are trying to learn more of what God is saying to you through the word, use your printed Bible and not your phone. In fact, the reason I say that is because if you're using your phone, there are all kinds of distractions, all your notifications, all that. You get a text in the middle of reading God's word, and it's a distraction. So this is just an encouragement that if you really want to read God's word and get into it, take your cell phone and maybe put it in another room and pull out the written word and uh, allow God to speak to you. And, and it's just, it's much less distracting. But with that said, it is convenient, I realize, to have the Bible on our phones. And I'm do, I am glad that we have that because uh, it's just another way that, that some people can have access to God's word. Well, this morning, we, as I said, we're talking specifically about the minor prophets. And uh, in that video, I mentioned the major prophets are Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. One thing they didn't mention is that Daniel is another book uh, that is often referred to as uh, one of the major prophet books. But then we have the minor prophets. They are Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Why are they called minor prophets? Well, they aren't called minor prophets because their message is any less important than those of the major prophets. It's mainly because when the Bible was put into the form it is today, those major prophets were the longer books. And they are much longer than the books of the minor prophets at the end of the Old Testament. So I have chosen Amos this morning um, as our main text. We're going to read Amos 5, 18 to 24, and then we're going to skip over to chapter 9, and we're going to read verses 11 through 15. And so uh, this begins with a woe to you, and then it's going to end with words of restoration which is a common theme. So beginning in verse 18 of Amos 5. <clears throat> Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear, as though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall only to have a snake bite him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light, pitch dark without a ray of brightness? I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings, <clears throat> excuse me, and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps, but let justice roll on like a river. Righteousness like a never-failing stream. 
And so, you know, the day of the Lord there is referring to uh, the final day of judgment. It is referring, uh, it says that, uh, you know, those who are acting like they are, are not ready for that day to come. And so part of the encouragement here is to look at your life and say, you know, am I ready for that day? Uh, but then as the prophets do, they, they lead us down that path of thinking whether we're ready for the day of the Lord to come. And then they end with the hope and the restoration of what happens when that day will come for those who are living uh, and right with God, living right and living uh, and right with God in our heart and mind. So let's read uh, chapter 9 of Amos, verses 11 through 15. In that day, I will restore David's fallen shelter. I'll repair its broken walls and restore its ruins and will rebuild it as it used to be so that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations that bear my name, declares the Lord who will do these things. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by one treading grapes. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from the, all the hills, and I will bring my people back from exile. They will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land that I have given to them, says the Lord your God. <clears throat> these, uh, these prophecies from God were given to the minor prophets around 800 to, to 400 B.C. before Christ and were proclaimed as a way to bring the people back to God. They were shared as a word of God to the people in Israel in order to lead them uh, back to God and away from their uh, ways of disobedience and sin. And during that period, basically, they, they had just disowned God. And so they were playing the part and acting, that, you know, acting the part, but their hearts were really not right with God. And they were just going through the motions, in other words, instead of being truly in a right relationship with the Lord. And of course, this is the Lord that brought them out of slavery in Egypt uh, with Moses and Joshua leading, it, leading them into the promised land. And uh, so they go through all of these times of disobeying the Lord, which usually ends up in exile and other uh, unfortunate things that come into their lives because of that. Well, time and time again in this book of Amos uh, and in a lot of the prophet, uh, prophet, minor prophets books, you will see this phrase. This is what the Lord says. That's a common uh, theme throughout these. And, and sometimes, you know, these books are a little bit hard to read because they use a lot of uh, imagery. They use uh, poetic words. Um, they use kind of metaphorical language sometimes. And so they use those to get their point across. But I think sometimes we read it and we're like, okay, what does that mean? And I'm thinking, well, maybe that's the point, is they're trying to get us to think a little deeper about what it does mean. And Amos does that here in these verses 
he mentions a man running from a lion only to meet up with a bear. So think about, you know, what does that mean? It could mean a lot of things, but what does it mean to you? Or what, what might that phrase mean to you? But that first statement, this is what the Lord says, makes it clear that God is the one speaking in these books through these prophets. And these messages, messages are not always easy ones to hear. In fact, many of these messages are hard things to deliver as well as hard things to hear. <clears throat> if you're the one who is living in disobedience or, you know, you're living your life apart from God or where you need to be in your relationship with the Lord. I believe that uh, there are still prophets today in the world. But, you know, sometimes or a lot of times it's preachers of the word of God's word. On a Sunday morning, saying things to us uh, when we're talking about, okay, what is the word saying to us today? Or uh, oftentimes, you know, it brings encouragement and hope and a promise of salvation. But there are times when we're reading scripture and we are reminded or we are convicted uh, about our need to turn back to God, to repent of sin in our lives. And to, yes, restore our relationship with God. You know, a lot of times a parent will tell young children things like, don't touch the stove because it's hot. Um, you, know, you know, you hear parents give words of correction or instruction like that often to children. And uh, I think we too as adults, uh, we need to be reminded to not touch some of those hot things in our in our lives as well another common phrase in these words of prophecy is the three-letter word woe to you woe to you i mean what does that sound like in today's language that sounds like you know king james uh saying there but actually it's translated in other in other translations woe to you as well what does that sound like in today's language I don't know, you might say, instead of saying that today, you, you might say, what you are doing is regretful and distressing. Or you maybe would say, um, what you are doing is causing grief and disappointment. Jesus even used those words. Woe to you when he was talking to the Pharisees in the New Testament. And he was addressing many of those things uh, that he addressed with them. So really, woe to you is just a word of warning. That, you know, maybe we need to take a look at some things in our life and evaluate them in the light of our faith or what we say we believe or, or, or proclaim. And so that's really what these prophets are doing here. Uh, their words from the Lord are words that need to be heard, and they are words that we need to take heart in our own lives. And so we're going to go through them uh, this morning, uh, some of these major themes of these minor prophets. And in hearing these, um, I think I would like to encourage us to listen for themes in these that might relate to our own lives or our life together as uh, a body of Christ at Arthur Mennonite. Start with Hosea. 
And uh, I found it interesting uh, this morning, Christian Ed, Jenny said that the youth, the high school youth have been talking about Hosea or looking at the book of Hosea. But Hosea shows us that God loves us even when we are lost in sin. His desire is for us to come to him and to have that relationship restored. So perhaps Hosea this morning uh, is saying that to someone here. The book of Joel. Joel warns the people that they have become complacent in their prosperity. And they've started to take God for granted because they are so prosperous and provide for themselves so, so much. So we have to ask ourselves, is that us? You know, is, is that why some are starting to call our nation a post-Christian nation? The book of Amos that we read from this morning speaks of idolatry becoming a problem and the rich oppressing the poor. In one of the verses today in, in Amos 5.24, we heard the words, Let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Is that something that we need to hear this morning? Obadiah. In Obadiah, we have a warning in one verse that says, As you have done, it will be done to you. Your deeds will return upon your own head. So the question for us to think about this morning is, are our deeds um, pure and are our motivations holy? The book of Jonah. That one's a bit different. Uh, from the other minor prophets uh, in that we see what happens in a story when somebody runs from the Lord or runs from a calling that the Lord has placed on them. And I think in that book, we also see the message that, you know, God's salvation is for all people. It's even for those in Nineveh, <laughs> Jonah finds out. And uh, so how, you know, how might we be running from the Lord or or possibly withholding the hope of salvation for some people. You know, uh, we might say, even those in prison, are we withholding from them? Or even those on the street corners, even those who are our enemies. Jonah realized that salvation is for all people. And so we, we, should we need to realize that as well. Micah. Micah warns of the coming judgment of God, but he also speaks of uh, a pardon from God for all those who will repent. And so the big question there is, are we ready for the, that final judgment that I mentioned earlier, for that day of the Lord? Have we repented of our sins? Have we made right the things that need to be made right with the Lord? Nahum, he also speaks of the judgment, but he, he focuses more on the refuge of God in this life. You know, one key verse in that book is Nahum 1, verse 7, where it says, The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. So, question for us is, are we seeking 
the Lord's refuge in our times of trouble? Or are we seeking our own refuge, our, our own means of protection, or our own solutions to, you know, what it means to be safe? Habakkuk reminds us that God is still in control even when we live in a world that seems to be filled with evil. And that's one that, that I feel like I need to be reminded of uh, quite, quite often. Because there are often times I don't like what I see in the world. But I have to remind myself that I believe in the one who created this world. And, you know, we need to rest in that truth that God is in control more often than we do when we watch the news and we th see things that are going on around the world. You know, I think Satan at times may, may think that he's winning, but God is going to win in the end. Righteousness will overcome evil. Zephaniah. Zephaniah wants to shake the people up. And uh, see them seek the Lord instead of just being lukewarm. Of course, one of the seven churches in Revelation is also called out on the idea of being lukewarm in our faith. And I think we definitely need that word today. We need to be shaken up as Christians and as followers of Jesus. So the question is, how might the Lord be shaking you up to something new, something, something different, something impactful in our world. You know, what is God speaking to you and, and what is God saying to you in that regard? Haggai speaks of neglecting the work of God and God's temple. He, uh, Haggai says that the people of God have become self-centered. Instead of God-centered. And you know, we've recently been doing a lot of remodeling here in the building that we meet in for worship and learning and fellowship. But, but how might God be leading us from self-centeredness? And I'm not saying that remodeling our building is self-centeredness. But how, how might God be look, leading us to think about the centeredness of Christ in our life and in our message and in our fellowship here um, in the church. And, you know, it is important to take care of the house of the Lord. That's one of the things that, uh, that Haggai is, is, uh, is talking about. But it's most important for us to take care of our faith and our belief in, uh, in Jesus and in our lives. Zechariah. Zechariah talks about fighting against indifference and the devastation that that can bring. But he also talks about the glory to come of God's deliverance through the Messiah that is to come. And, uh, you know, many of the prophets in the Old Testament spoke of the coming of the Messiah, which we now know today, of course, was God's son, Jesus Christ. And so as we come into this Advent season, we're going to see 
uh, or hear a lot from the prophet Isaiah, which is one of the major prophets, uh, what he has to say about the, the coming of the Messiah. Uh, then finally, Malachi, the last of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. And this, Malachi seems like a good place to end the Old Testament because this book or this prophecy calls for repentance of the people in order to bring about the restoration with God or to God that, that is needed. And so, you know, as Jesus comes to us in the New Testament, we see how that bridge to God is, is finally made fully complete in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So that's a quick walk through um, these books and some of their major themes. But the general purpose of them is really much the same. I thought about uh, taking a Sunday of each one of these, and then I started to look at the calendar, and I realized, well, we're coming up on Thanksgiving and Christmas, and it might get kind of long and drawn out if we try to look at each one of these minor prophets. I encourage you to do that in your own personal reading and study uh, uh, during the weeks. That would be wonderful if you would do that. But I really realized that they are mainly focusing us on three main points. Um, they are predicated on these three points. Turn from your disobedience. Turn back to God. And the third one is to embrace the future blessings that God has for you. And I guess a, another, you know, another main point uh, of not following those three is the warning that things are not going to go well if you stay on a, way, on a path that, that takes you away from the Lord. And that's one of the big warnings of, of these prophets to the Israelites, uh, the Israelites of that day and to us today. And that's who, of course, these were spoken to uh, originally. They were a part of the people of God, the Israelites were. And, um, you know, we, we are not a part of the people of Israel today, but we are a part of the people of God. As followers of God and believers. And so um, God really has made the same covenant with us that he made with the Israelites. Uh, this new covenant is a little bit different for us because now we realize what it looks like in relation to Jesus Christ, his son who was sent for us. And uh, of course, that new covenant is what we read about and hear about in the New Testament. <clears throat> which is directly following these minor prophets. And of course, Jesus has come into the world to show us that God's love and salvation is for all people, all people who will turn from their sin and receive the grace of Jesus and make Jesus the Lord of their life. That is a message of hope really for all those who are lost in despair in this world. And that, you know, that's really what God is saying through these prophets. There's warning, but there's also a message of hope here. And Amos, the, the one, our main passage this morning, you know, he gave warnings, 
there in the first part that we read. But then he ended in chapter 9 with words of hope and restoration. And it said, the days are coming when I will bring my people back and I will restore them. I mean, yes, he was, he was you know, going to bring the Israelites back from exile. That's part of what that was referring to. But he is also going to bring us back when we find ourselves in exile or we find our, ourselves apart from where we need to be uh, in the Lord. James in the New Testament actually refers to these verses of Amos when he was speaking to the council uh, in Jerusalem in Acts 15. And he was telling them that um, this prophecy of Amos is fulfilled in Christ's resurrection. The hope, the, the future glory, our restored relationship with God, the forgiveness of our sins, our salvation, and the promise of eternal life are found in Jesus the Messiah. And you know, now in this day, we are to come to God through Jesus, and we are to come to him with all of our sin-stained lives, our, our broken lives, the neediness that we have, and in those, even in those times when we are disobedient as followers. And we are to come to Jesus and turn to Jesus who is the Messiah and who is the one who can save us from ourselves and from all of these things. We are to look at our life and decide if, you know, we look at our life and decide if we're going to say that Jesus is Lord or are we going to live as if we are the Lord of our lives. That's really another major theme of what these prophets are saying. You know, they just hadn't seen Jesus the Messiah in that day uh, come yet. They knew he was coming, but most importantly, they wanted people to turn back to God. You know, we can lament about how our world, our country, our culture is turning away from God in, in recent years. And of course, we should pray about that. We should be concerned about that. And we should speak up um, for God and the truth when we can. But the most important thing is to make sure that you are not turning away from Christ and from God in your own life. Perhaps the best way for us to think about that this morning is, is to ask ourselves this question. In what way is the Holy Spirit speaking to me today about turning toward Jesus instead of turning away from Jesus? Think about that in your own life. What does that mean? I guess another way to, another ways to phrase that question would be to ask, how do I need to turn back to God? What needs to happen in my life that, that will allow me to turn back to God in the way that I need to be right, you know, in a right relationship with God and, and looking to the Lord? And as you think about those things, there's one other major theme that runs throughout these books of prophets. 
And that message is on the front of your bulletin this morning. And that is, the time is now. Time is of the essence. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know if we're promised tomorrow. But we have today. And we have right now. You know, if the Lord comes tomorrow... If Jesus returns tomorrow to take believers home, if we pass away tomorrow and our time on this earth comes to an end, the decision that we have made or the decision we make today is really what matters. I mean, that's what matters for all of eternity. And, and so the time is now for us to think about this and, and to make sure that we are right with the Lord. We've been thinking about the prophets, of course, this morning, but uh, there have also been pastors and preachers through the years who have encouraged many of these same truths as well. I mean, I hope we do that here on Sunday mornings at Arthur Mennonite Church as a part of the preaching and looking into God's word. In fact, I was thinking about that. These truths and these things that are important are really proclaimed every Sunday around the world in so many gatherings of worship as we are in today. And, uh, but the most important part of that is not just that those messages are proclaimed. It's really that they are proclaimed and people are hearing them and taking them uh, seriously in their own life. I had to think, uh, when I was thinking of that, I had to think of uh, the many years that Billy Graham, you know, traveled around the world sharing the good news of, of Jesus And the need for people to turn to Jesus and receive him as their Lord and Savior. I mean, that was his message over and over. You can maybe say Billy Graham was a modern day prophet. But I think of Billy Graham more as a pastor who who genuinely cared about the souls of, of all people. And I really think, I really think that's at the heart of most pastors and most preachers i mean i know that's something that's deep deep within my heart i want to see people know jesus and i want to see them turn to jesus and fully realize what that can mean in their life if they receive him as their lord and savior if they make jesus the lord of their life and of course that time is now You know, we can't or we shouldn't put that decision off for another day or another time. Let's bow in prayer. Lord, thank you for this reminder today through the prophets. We pray that your word is sunk deep into our hearts today and maybe brought conviction or maybe uh, brought repentance. Perhaps it is made some of us realize there's some things that need to be turned around or changed in our lives. We pray, Lord, that you continue to work in us and help us to make sure that we are right with you and that we are ready for the day of the Lord when it does come uh, for us. We didn't have an altar call this morning, but uh, if the Lord is working on your heart this morning and speaking to you, I'm going to be here at the front after uh, our worship service this morning, and I'd love to pray with you and talk with you further if the 
Lord just stirring your heart this morning about something. So Lord, I pray your blessing would go with each one today. Uh, help us to continue to look into your word and to live for you each and every day that we awake. And may God's blessing be with all. And all God's people said, amen. Have a great week, everyone.